Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. There are a lot of smiles at U.S. Steel's Granite City operation this week. U.S. Steel announced it's firing up one of its blast furnaces and bringing 500 steel workers back to work at the Granite City Works plant. 24 hours later, President Trump fulfilled a promise to hike tariffs on steel and aluminum. More good news for Granite City, potentially. I'm joined in studio by Dan Simmons, the president of Local 1899 of the Steelworkers Union in Granite City. Dan, thanks for being with us. Uh, thank you for having me. Do you want to wipe that smile off your face? Uh, no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's long overdue, and it's been, it's been long overdue and welcomed. And, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of smiles out there. It's been yes. a long haul for you. How long has it been since you've really been at, at capacity over there? Uh, we, we idled the facility the week of Christmas in 2015, December of 2015. So two years, two, two and a half months. And, and, and how many people were put out of work by that? Well, at that particular time, uh, we were able to retain about 375 out of the 2,000 employees that was working at that time. What does this uh, this announcement first from U.S. Steel mean? And, and we'll get to Donald Trump in a moment. What does it mean to the community? Oh, this this is this means a, a, a lot to that community. That community is built around that steel mill. Uh, the history goes way back to where you know that uh, Niederinghouse brothers built that uh, plant and the surrounding community uh, for the house their workers. So this is one of those uh, unique uh, where you see a, a steel mill downtown and location of a of a city that is welcomed. Yeah. So this is you know it's 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 hard to find someone in that town when I do some talks or speeches to some groups where I ask them to raise their hand if they have a family member that works there or if or a relative or or even a close friend and it's it's rare to see no hands raised you know it's just uh it's just that the community that close knit community uh, somebody has so much ties to that to that plant have most of the people who who lost their jobs have they stayed in the Granite City area uh, yes yes yeah. uh, if, if they don't live within the actual Granite City itself the uh, supporting communities around there you know so yes they, they've stayed uh, I've had a few of them that had to uh, relocate and move on, sever, uh, and had quite a few of them that were forced to retire uh, due to the situation. They were close enough, and then health care reasons and stuff that they had to maintain their health care. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, the majority of them have not found anything as good as a the job they had there at Granite City. So they're, they're ready to come back. Have you run any numbers on what economically it has meant to the city to have all that payroll just suddenly stop? Well, I have not. And, yeah. But I'm sure the like, chamber and uh, the, uh, the people that have been so helpful to that community, uh, that uh, Mayor Hagnauer's to the, uh, uh, the chamber themselves, yeah. there's fundraisers after fundraisers and, and helping our guys uh, to float through these bad times. What, what, what kind of money were the steel workers making? Well, they're good-paying jobs. Uh, our base uh, base entry-level labor, you know, somewhere around $20 an hour. We have an incentive groups that they vary from the departments on top of that, but the base wage is like 20 bucks an hour. And we we have pulpit jobs with, uh, you know, greater amount of responsibilities. Uh, you know, they pay around $34, $35 an hour, mm-hmm. you know, with some incentive package attached to those too. Well, you multiply that by uh, by fifteen hundred people and forty hour weeks and lo- longer weeks than that. Sometimes you're talking a lot of money that just stopped. Absolutely, and, and that's the part that people don't realize. We're not we're focused on the actual members for U.S. Steel, you know, the employees. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've used a statement a long time, and it's been sent out there, and we've lived and experienced this. For every one steelworker job, there's seven other jobs impacted by it. So it's not just the 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 twelve hundred. Uh, 
workers that are now sure. going to be back to work, 1,250 roughly, we should be back up to. We still have some more to go, yeah. but the uh, majority of them, uh, that you take that time seven, because uh, that's all these supporting sure. uh, centers. Uh, I, I represent not only the workers at the U.S. steel plant, mm-hmm. but the Stein Mill Services and the Tube City. Uh, those are scrapyards, sure. slag hauling. They all feed off that, too. So uh, we're talking about a lot more workers. It's called them. a ripple effect. Absolutely. It's, it's easy, to, easy to see why. Yes. Would would this have happened, Dan, do you think, um, if uh, President Trump had not indicated that he wanted to, to uh, increase these tariffs? Would this have happened? I've been arguing that we were probably there, and it should have happened, as we've seen an uptick in the uh, uh, the demand. And But the tip of the scale, absolutely. Or icing on the cake, yes. The 232 is clearly uh, that buzz, and they probably, because uh, uh, they announced it the day or two before he's actually signed it, uh, they were they were pretty confident that that's what was going to happen. So yeah, that that just eliminated some of the risk of the sustainability. Well, do you think now that he has signed it, and we're talking about uh, an increase of twenty five percent in steel, uh, do you think that it's likely to maybe fire up furnace number two at some point? Um, I would hope so, and yeah. and I'm 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 hopeful. I'm optimistic that yes, it would should and could lead to our A furnace to be starting back up too. But. Do you have any fears, as some people have expressed, many politicians have expressed, that this is going to lead to a, a trade war? I don't have no fear at all at that. I, I believe that's all a, somewhat a straw man argument that uh, uh, and some fear and some of those employers that were feeding off that low priced uh, mm-hmm. illegal imported steel. So, no, I don't have no fear in that at all. Back to the uh, the pay issue and the economic issue, um, the the workers who were displaced, they were earning something. There's something called some pay, sub pay in the in the union world. What is that? And and uh, was wasn't that just about to run out? Uh, it had run out. It had run it, out. Yeah, it had. But uh, yeah, it's something that's supplemental income that uh, we have negotiated through the contracts. Uh, that and on top of your unemployment, yeah, there is a sub pay. There's a subsidy uh, that gets you a little closer to your uh, scale of pay, but it's still uh, quite a bit different from your active working and your pay. So, And that helps buy them some time. If we go through short durations of layoff, as, as you know, historically, uh, this has been an issue for some time in steel. In the steel industry, it's cyclical. And uh, the imports have been an issue, and it started rolling back in the you know, 10, 12, 13 years ago. We were squealing that, hey, look, we got to watch this. This is going to happen. These are government-subsidized uh, facilities in China that we're, we got to you know, now compete against, and we can't. They're government-subsidized. They don't have to make any money. They're just employing their workers at the cost of our employment. So this has now come to fruition, and we, it hit us in you know, late 08, and we went through a six-and-a-half-month uh, idle then. Uh, and now we experience it again, but they're getting better and better at cheating uh, the system, and they're moving product. Even even if it's not coming directly from China, they're running it through other countries, mm-hmm. Vietnam, South Korea, where they don't only produce it on their own, but where, where they're exporting to the United States illegally dumped steel. Well, the the uh, the president has exempted Mexico and Canada from uh, this increase in the tariffs, and there are a lot of people suggesting that other countries could just run their steel through Canada and get it down here. Is that 
an issue, do you think? Uh, no. Uh, we have a good uh, trade uh, uh, experiences with them, and, and we, we, we trade well with them. We actually export more to Canada than they import. So we have good trade agreements with them. Uh, Mexico, we'll have to shore up probably a little bit with that. We're not, mm-hmm. you know, the jury's still out on that. But those exemptions for from trade, uh, we had no trade deficits with those countries. Probably would have been not fair to them to impose some tariffs on them. Mm-hmm. As, as analysts have been looking at this, and you're, you're well aware of what I'm about to say, I'm sure, is that um, 500 men and women, I suppose, back to work at, uh, at uh, Granite City, um, but that a lot of other – millions of people are going to be impacted by this because the steel is going to be more expensive for products that we buy here, and there may be a, a lot more than 500 jobs lost overall. I begin. I believe that goes to that straw man argument, mm-hmm. and these are arguments that are put up by a some analysts who have no experience really in the steel industry. They just crunch in numbers. Uh, I, we've had some. Uh, when you took the tariff, the ten percent tariff, let's take aluminum. If if you and I would go have a drink tonight at the local bar, and we walk in there, and that tavern owner announced that hey. Price increase due to the tariffs at 10% on aluminum, it's going to cost us, and we did those numbers, it's less than a third a cent per can. So I think that's not going to stop me from buying that. And I still buy that house drink and your drink myself. I, 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 you're buying? Okay, yes, I'm I with you. And I, and I would apply that to the uh, automobile industry, too. We took a $35,000 car, and the, and the amount and the profit margins is, is less than $1,000 on a car to turn around and put that tariff on attach that tariff to it, if that's where it came, it would be less than 80 to $100 a car for a $35,000 car. And to buy something and to create more jobs in the United States, I think that's a small price to pay. Yeah, I've seen numbers on the cars all over the place yes. on that. But the one that keeps coming up is was something like the $100 figure right. that you just mentioned there. What is involved in getting uh, this operation over there back up to speed? Uh, Chaos to start with, but no, it, it, we've had contingency plans in the works for some time. Um, it, it involves quite a bit. Uh, we had our beef furnace, have, actually the furnace that they're bringing online, it was just rebuilt just, and it never was able to go online when they idled us. So that that furnace is, is fairly close to being ready to go. Brand new, brick. Good as new. It's good as new. You know, obviously sitting in machinery of that size, sitting for two years is not a good thing. So mm-hmm. just some uh, uh, tweaking in the bugs and working out some of the tweers, and there's, there's, there's some uh, talk around what you have to do to get a furnace lit back up. That's not that big an issue. We all Then we'll across the street to the steelmaking process once it's uh, – uh, blast furnaces are uh, produce hot metal. Hot metal is transferred across the street in torpedo cars. That's where our steel we uh, steel shop. Uh, we'll have to do a little bit of shoring up in there. Similar, uh, getting all that process ready. But I, I guess that means that uh, people will be coming back kind of slowly and, and and in batches. Not everybody coming in at once. No, it's pretty much all at once. We have really? we we have they actually. Uh, uh, Beknownst to me, I, I was, uh, they reached, uh, announced that agreement, uh, and they were making calls. When I got a hold of the plan manager, he said, oh, they started two hours ago calling. I said, I'll be damned. So, and I find out now we have some will be actually hitting the plant. We have a lot of retraining. We have a lot of safety programs, and they'll go through all that before they even hit the floor. But there's a lot of, a lot of labor-intensive work that can be done to get it all up and going, and then there's going to be an extensive amount of training. As you may remember, just prior to the uh, idling, we just – 
put that brand new caster in. Well, that caster is a very complicated uh, piece of equipment that uh, some of our talent and uh, knowledge left with the retirements. So we'll have to do some more retraining and stuff. So we're, we're, they're jumping out ahead and they're doing a good job of getting these guys back as of early as next week. Uh, uh, wow. I was going to yes. ask what the timetable is. And when will you actually see some steel rolling rolling uh, out the back door? Well, well that, that, that's, that's a wild card. I, we could probably put $5 on a calendar and we could do a tip and we could probably see how close we get to it. But uh, the U.S. Steel announced it would be close to four months. We're hoping to beat that target. Uh, by how much? I, you know, three, four weeks would be a lot. That'd be a challenge, but that's what we're looking for. Maybe about three, three months or plus. You, you've indicated that technology has changed a little bit. Equipment has changed a little bit. A bit. Is there going to be some retraining necessary? Uh, yes, it will be. Yeah. Uh, yes, especially on that 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 specific what, equipment because uh, yeah. that that was a lot. That was a, a huge capital investment and in modernized. That's the latest and greatest, newest caster in North America. Here we had it installed in the capital spending and we ran it for six weeks and they idled us and we were able to run some specialty steel that no one else can run hardly in this country it's 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 a it's a good facility we talk about making steel what exactly is made are these steel bars or no yeah, we actually produce uh, uh, anything well we we're fully integrated so we we start from the rocks and we completely to the docks we could, we got it all there in granite city and what i mean by that is we're able to make all kinds of specialty steel our product itself is we produce a slab at the caster and then that slab gets transferred over to the hot strip where we roll it up into a coil uh, and then from that coil, we sell it as, as regular hot band coils, and then that's appliance business, grain industry, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Then we can, and uh, also we have a finishing departments that we can take that same coil if the customer chooses to, and we can either galvalume or galvanize it and sell it as a coated product, which is a high value added product also. And, and your customers buy it and then make whatever the heck they want to make? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, every, everything from, uh, just like I said, small appliances, your you know washing yeah. machines to grain, uh, strong barn to, uh, autom- we have some of the automotive ourselves, specialty steels. Yeah. I had asked or mentioned a few moments ago that uh, the men and women going back to work. Do you have any women on the line there? Absolutely. Yes, yeah. we do. We have we have our fair share of, of Rosie the Riveter. That's what they they. they coin those girls out there. But yeah, we have, we have uh, some, uh, some women that work out there. Well, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of people in the entire metropolitan area that are really, really happy that you guys and gals are uh, getting back on the job there. Long overdue and obviously very, very necessary. Anything you want to add about uh, about this that we haven't discussed? No, other than I've been telling these guys for a long time, fire up, and and, and we're happy to have it. The smiles on the faces of the guys coming up down, up and down my Union Hall, is, is and they're ecstatic. That's probably the one word, ecstatic. Not to mention the merchants in town. Yeah, I'm sure they are, too. <laughs> okay. Dan Simmons, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, good luck to you and, and yours as you go back to work over there at Granite City. Thank you very Dan, much. Dan is the president of Local 1899 of the Steelworkers Union in Granite City. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU.